Hi, I'm Nathan Ronchetti. And I'm Paige Ronchetti. And we're so excited to be your new hosts of 630 Naperville. We were both at North Central College. We'd met actually before college even started. There was a boat dance that was downtown on the river as one of the activities for orientation week. And I happened to be tall enough. And I tried to flirt, but he said, I have a girlfriend. So a little bit of time passed from there. We both got into our you know, activities and found ourselves at the radio station at WONC and uh, yep. became friends. And then a little bit later, became boyfriend-girlfriend and then kind of settled down from there. We got married following college in 2009. Yeah. And we've, we've lived in Naperville ever since. We debated moving to the city. We looked at other suburbs. But... We ended up staying because, at least for me, Naperville just felt like home. It took us a, a little bit of time to, to build our family, but we knew we wanted to stay here. And a few houses later, we've bounced around different neighborhoods, but we really like Naperville and all it's had to offer and enjoyed being here. So we have a daughter named Juniper. She's four. And she, I would say she has a big, wonderful personality. You know, we've, we've gotten through that, that period of you know, pandemic and all that. And it's been really fun to see mm -hmm. her interests and her activities kind of explode. I work as a consultant. And so I do a lot of work in, we call it digital transformation. And so in that case, it's, it's looking at processes and people and really how do we adopt new technology, but also think about the ways we're gonna work to do that. So I'm a realtor and interior designer. I did interior design for eight years before I got my real estate license, which was sort of my pandemic project. And I've really tried hard to merge the two. I approach the buying and selling process with a design eye, because I think you should really consider how you're gonna live in a home. Yes. And maybe how the person after you is gonna live in the home. So it's just, um, I really try to look at the whole picture instead of just the transaction. So as far as hobbies go, I acknowledge that mine is kind of unusual. I make dollhouses and miniatures. So it's like my whole life is houses. I sell houses. I decorate houses. I build tiny houses. I'm in the process of making one now, and it's going to be an auction item for um, a charity called Special Spaces that I volunteer for. So I like to spend my time involved in the community as well. And so I'm very involved in DuPage Foundation. And so I'm on both the NGI steering committee, which helps to build that pipeline for the next generation of, of donors. And so really it's a, a combination of spreading awareness to what DuPage needs. You know, it's a community of, of great prosperity, but also a community of, of great need. So kind of working to, to build that pipeline. And then I'm also a member of the benefit committee. And then another hobby that we have collectively is we're really into Formula One. At least in my experience, when I bring up Formula One, I get a lot of blank stares. So it is car racing, largely based in Europe, and the cars kind of look like what you see in the Indy 500. And so we're in the midst right now of like, it's heating up, like the next season is starting soon. We are very excited to be hosting 630 Naperville. There's so many interesting things about living here. There's the unique businesses and restaurants and the city itself with the park district and all of their programs. There's just a lot going on. And I really am excited to share all of that information with people on 630 Naperville. Are you ready to host our first show? Let's do it. High five. Welcome to 630 Naperville. We're your new hosts, Paige and Nathan Ronchetti. 
We're excited about the opportunity to highlight the very best that Naperville has to offer. Our very first show is action-packed. We're so glad you're here with us. Today on 630 Naperville, an expert explains what to eat for a healthier gut. We'll hear more about a Naperville family spanning three generations in the arts, and we'll get to know District 203 Superintendent Dan Bridges. But first, I'm exploring some of the best family Naperville staycation ideas. Keep it parked here for some great tips on how to make memories without taking out a second mortgage. As flight prices soar, many families have decided to stay grounded and look for vacation opportunities right here in their own backyard. I'm happy to welcome Carlos Medina from the Naperville Convention and Visitors Bureau to the program. He's here to offer some Naperville staycation ideas for families. Welcome, Carlos. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you, Paige. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's dive right in and talk yes. about hotels. Yes. Let's say I want to take my family to a hotel in Naperville. Can you take me through some of the best options? Oh, absolutely. Um, Naperville has 18 hotels. Oh. Yes. And most people don't realize that. Yeah. So you've got everything from full service to mid-level to economic level as well, too. You've got the Marriott, the Embassy Suites, the Hotel Arista, the Hotel Indigo, which are the full service hotels. Mm -hmm. And you've got some other options like the Courtyard, the Hampton, the Fairfield Inn, which we have two. There's a town place, which is also an extended stay for families who do want to come in for a little bit of an extended family and have a kitchenette in their guest rooms as well, too. Um, many of those hotels offer complimentary breakfast included within their rates. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So that's a great savings tool for a family who is, you know, looking to save a little money during their mm -hmm. stay. Um, and many of those hotels have indoor pools. Oh, I was just about to ask yes. how many of them have pools? <laughs> I think about six or seven um, have about pools. And one of them actually has an outdoor pool, which is the Hampton, obviously during the summer months only. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, perfect. So now that we know where to stay in Naperville, what are some attractions that we could do on the staycation? And that's the other best part too. Naperville is not short from any attraction as well. You've got the DuPage Children's Museum, uh, which is great for family with young kids. Mm -hmm. You've got the Naper Settlement, which is a 13-acre muse outdoor museum, mm -hmm. which offers the, uh, which actually connects history and the future together into the now. You've got Top Golf, which is you know indoor outdoor golfing. They have great food options as well, too. You got Whirly Ball, which is really fun because it's a combination of bump cards, lacrosse, and basketball. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> you definitely get a workout when you go there. You definitely don't think you would, but you actually do. And there's a few other places like Funtopia as well, too. It's very interactive that actually the entire family can participate in. So it's really a lot of fun. Oh, good. Yeah. Have the kids burn off some energy at those. Oh, lots and lots of energy. <laughs> and I almost forgot iFly as well, too. So if you want to experience that uh, that experience of flying in the air, iFly would be a great option as well, too. Oh, man, lots yeah, of fun. Absolutely. And I think maybe the kids would work up an appetite. Yes. So let's pivot and talk about the restaurants in yes. Naperville now. Where can we eat? Well, Naperville has over 300 plus restaurants in Naperville. So, oh, wow. Yes, it really runs the gamut from high end to everything in between, family friendly. Uh, you've got obviously JoJo's um, uh, Shake House, which basically mm -hmm. is you can have these big shakes. It's a meal unto itself. So. I've seen them on Instagram. They're enormous. <laughs> they are. They're delicious, too. <laughs> Uh, you also have a couple of Portillo's as well, too. Mm -hmm. There's also um, Lazy Dog Restaurant, 
which the fun thing about that is they have TV dinners and they serve it to you in a TV uh, in a TV dinner tray, which is fun. Oh, that's so fun for kids. <laughs> it is. And also there's a few others, uh, some barbecue places as well too. So there's a lot of places to go to. And really for a full listing of restaurants, just go to dinenaperville.com. Okay, since we have so many restaurants, yes. what's a good hidden gem that people may not know about? A good hidden gem, obviously Naperville, like I said, has a lot of good restaurants, but mm -hmm. my, one of my personal favorites is Bistro Manila. It's a family-owned, yes, it's a family-owned homemade from scratch every single day uh, Filipino food. Oh, yeah. So, I don't think there's any other Filipino restaurants in Naperville. No, there is not. I go to it at least once a week. I know the family very well. <laughs> um, so not to, not to say that none of the other restaurants are not great because they are. Uh -huh. But that one is one of my personal favorites. As you said, it's a hidden gem. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds so delicious. Yes. Well, thank you for telling us about that and all of the other wonderful staycation ideas here in Naperville. Absolutely. My pleasure. Stay with us, more 630 Naperville is coming up right after the break. People from Chicago pull for Chicago. We root for its teams, celebrate its successes, push through its challenges. When people call us the second city, it's misleading. We're second to none. We're hardworking, resilient, but we have a good time. When you live in Chicago, you proudly call this home. Your bank should too. We're Wintrust, built here, for here. And we've taken our place at Chicago's bank because no other bank can say the same. Oh yeah, I'll take one of your specials, my man. There you go, princess. Mm. We were there when you explored questionable street meat. Oh. Maybe read the reviews next time? We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Thanks for joining us on 630 Naperville. On deck, we have a dietitian here with the best ways to improve your gut health. How can you keep your digestive system healthy? What foods should we be eating? Here to help us get our gut health in order is Doreen Berard. She's an oncology and wellness dietitian at Edward Cancer Centers. Welcome, Doreen. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. So we know that we think about our diets, junk food, fast food, things high in fat are, are bad for us, but how bad really? Yeah, so in general, most junk foods, as, as you mentioned, fast foods, maybe savory snacks that are deep fat fried and so forth, um, are, are highly processed. And mm. so unfortunately, during that processing, a lot of the nutrition that our body really needs is kind of eliminated. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not good for health promotion, it's not um, allowing our body to get the vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals that um, it really thrives from, as well as fiber. Hmm. So it's important to kind of limit as much as we can those, so to speak, junk foods. Moderation. Moderation is always the key, yeah. Excellent. And so I've heard a lot about fermented foods. I like sauerkraut, I'll eat kimchi, my daughter likes yogurt. What's, what are we hearing about fermented foods and, and any kind of wisdom about using them or adding them into our diets? Yeah, so the research is still ongoing um, in that arena, but um, what we believe is that fermented type foods can really promote um, the growth of the healthy bacteria in mm. our gut. And um, what we believe is, is that that healthy bacteria then can help kind of 
uh, ward off the, um, any kind of disease, specifically cancer. So um, again, like I mentioned, it's still in its infancy. There's still a lot of ongoing research, but it's very exciting, the research that's happening. And tasty research, I can imagine. <laughs> exactly. So give me what I hope is some good news. So not all fat is bad, right? Like I can have some here and there, and it might actually be good for me. Yeah, exactly. So as we mentioned earlier, um, foods that are high in saturated fat, so fast food, for instance, um, what we believe contribute to inflammation in our diet. Mm. And we feel that inflammation is associated with disease conditions. And so disease, you know, such as cardiovascular disease or diabetes or cancer. So those are all considered inflammatory conditions. Mm. And so what we want is to try and keep our saturated intake as low as we can. Um, but we, we need to enjoy other types of fats that are unsaturated, like olive oil or um, avocado oil or uh, oils that are found in fatty fish, for instance, like our omega-3 fats. Um, we believe those are, are uh, cause low inflammation in our body. And we also need to have fat in our diet so that we absorb our fat-soluble vitamins. Excellent. So add the guacamole, just keep an eye on the chips. Exactly, yeah. Good to know. So March is colorectal cancer awareness month. Uh, what would you recommend to help reduce some of our risks? Yeah, so um, you know, following a healthy diet as much as you can. Um, I kind of like the 80-20 rule. You know, we are humans and so we do have taste buds and we do enjoy those um, foods that might not be as high in nutrition quality. So I like to say 80% of the time we're eating really well, really what our body needs, and 20% maybe we're able to enjoy those so-called forbidden foods that we might not have. But um, the American Institute for Cancer Research has a really nice site where they go over two-thirds of your plate being mm. whole grains, bread, cereals, um, quinoa, brown rices, things like that, and then uh, fruits and vegetables. So two-thirds of our plate kind of covering that. And then um, maybe uh, one-third of our plate coming from uh, lean proteins, chicken, fish, um, things like that. Excellent. And is that something may want to look to replace? I mean, sometimes I'll do a butter chickpea at home, and so replacing chicken with chickpeas instead, is that something that would work out? Yeah, exactly. It's, I like to say it's taking baby steps, you know, so um, making those small changes can really have a huge impact on our health. Excellent. And so pretend I'm going to get groceries after I leave and our conversation's done. What should I add to my list? Is there something I should grab that might help you know, reduce my risk or can help prevent some diseases? Yeah, so most grocery stores that I'm familiar with, when you enter in, there's the produce right there, right? So um, hopefully you're going to spend a lot of time in that produce section and getting a lot of uh, variety of different fruits and vegetables. You know, maybe going out on a limb and trying something new that you've never tried before. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, sticking with um, whole grains. So uh, it would be like your higher fiber pastas, not necessarily whole wheat, 100% pasta. Sometimes that's not very palatable, um, although there's a lot of different varieties out there in different manufacturers. Um, but, you know, maybe taking a halfway step, half quinoa, half, half brown rice, half regular white flour pasta, yeah. or um, having whole grain breads and cereals, looking for that first ingredient as whole. Um, so 
hopefully most of your cart is filled with that. Um, and then again, allowing, you know, those little occasional treats. Yeah. So thinking about the outside aisles. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shopping from the outside um, with less processed foods, perhaps. And then, you know, again, taking advantage of the middle aisles that have more of the whole grains associated with them. Excellent. Good tips and yeah. appreciate the time. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much Doreen. Thanks so much. Up next, Paige chats with a family spanning three generations in the Naperville area arts. My next guest is part of a local family who takes the arts very seriously. We have with us photographer and business owner, Lindsay Chan. Thanks for being here, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you are the third generation of artists in your family. Tell me a little bit about your family. Sure. So um, my dad is Gary Leavenworth. He has been a part of the Naperville Men's Glee Club for over 30 years. And then he also founded an organization about 20 years ago that was a nonprofit with a scholarship program called Singing for Seniors. I myself am a photographer and business owner in Naperville. And then my daughter is a budding actress and performer. She was recently Gretel in The Sound of Music at the Paramount in Aurora. Oh, that is so exciting. So let's go generation by generation. Let's back up a little bit and start with your dad singing mm -hmm. with seniors. Yep. So what I want to know is, do you think having a creative or artistic parent seals your fate in a way? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think definitely having my dad into the arts as a whole definitely influenced the way that I grew up. We were always going to musicals, going to shows, going to concerts, things like that. I remember going to Glee Club concerts as a little kid and just being the usher and constantly singing all of those songs that I grew up with him singing. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it seals my, sealed my fate, but I do think that it definitely had a positive influence in just having the arts in our home in general. Excellent. And I imagine that's also happening with your daughter because you own a photography business, Lindsay yes. Chan Photography. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the business, but I also want to know about your artistic point of view. Sure. So I have a studio in Naperville on Route 59. I've been in business for full time about seven years now, and I primarily work with um, families with young children, um, mm -hmm. as well as I work at preschools, doing school photography at preschools as well. And I would say artistic approach wise, I mean, I think being an artist in general is about telling a story. So if you think of being a storyteller, you know, whether it's a musician, someone singing a song or telling a story through a different type of art. For me, photography, I love to tell my clients stories through their family, their story of love, um, silliness. It's not about being perfect. You mm -hmm. know, um, I've always also shared that as a mom of young kids myself, I don't love being in front of the camera. And I think it's mm -hmm. important for moms or parents that usually hide behind the camera themselves to be in front of it and be in pictures with their kids. So just telling my clients stories and their family's story as a whole so that when those kids grow up, um, it's just really about storytelling for me, I think. Yeah. So the kids can actually see pictures of them with mom because you're so right. important. We don't like to be on camera. So yes. I totally understand. And by the way, you do the pictures at my daughter's preschool. Oh my gosh. And they're so good. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I, I love working with families with young kids. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of families will think like, oh, my kids are difficult to work with or we shouldn't do this. It's just easier not to. I work with a lot of families that have kids with special needs, mm -hmm. um, lots of different neurodiversities. Like I work with all different types of families and I think that's important for all families to feel comfortable that they can have those photos for sure. Oh, that is so wonderful. Thanks. So talking about families, let's actually talk about your daughter who is a budding actress. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for families who maybe have kids who are also interested in acting? Sure. 
Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give, which probably is not specific to being an artist in and of itself, but I think focusing on raising um, good humans, not just good performers, mm. is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mention that is I just think that the industry can be really brutal, to be honest, for kids. Yes. Um, and you know, to have our daughter working professionally at seven, turning eight, um, we are just really focusing on it being fun for her. Um, constantly asking her if she wants to be doing this um, and she loves it. Um, and I think, yeah, just having that connection to, okay, we're working on raising her again, to be a good human, all the things that are important, all of those other things will come in the arts. There's so many things that you can learn as an artist, whether you're performing or a different type of art that make you a good human, collaboration, um, mm -hmm. you know, cooperating together, being supportive of other people, even when it's not your turn to shine. <laughs> yes, or even if you don't get the part, yes. for instance. Yes, which we have experienced with our daughter recently. She um, started in the Sound of Music at the Paramount and Aurora and then got signed by a talent agent and has had big auditions and none of them have panned out yet, which is totally okay mm. for her. And she yeah. is becoming stronger because of it, but we're also handling it in a really important way for our family. Um, to just really focus on her being herself mm -hmm. versus being someone that someone else wants you to be, to be yeah. perfect. And, and then other than that, my other advice would just be get your kids involved in things that they love. Um, for us, we got her involved with a couple different organizations in the community. She loves singing in the show choir with Roadshow Inc. in Naperville, um, Academy of the Arts in Naperville, all of these different mm -hmm. organizations. Just put your kids in classes, find what they love. And, you know, if they don't love it, that's great. Try something else. You know, she does dance, mm -hmm. she does acting classes, she does piano lessons, she does voice lessons, all these different things. Just find what they love and, and sign them up. And then talk about it as a family, what's working, what's not, and then adjust and just keep them involved in things that they love doing. Because really, at the end of the day, you just want it to be fun. Absolutely. And I really, truly believe that there's nothing more fun than acting as a child. Like when you're a child, acting, it is fun. It's not a job. You don't have to worry about the finances of things. So there's no reason for it to be anything more than fun when they're kids still, for sure. That is so cool. Well, Lindsay, thank you for telling us all about your family, and I can't wait to see what all of you get up to next. Thanks. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a few short messages. We took his victims at night, and they were never heard from again. We were there when true crime podcasts spiked your anxiety. Maybe try binging something less intense next time. We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. You want all the most exciting highlights from your student athlete's high school career? Relive all your favorite stories and moments from the past few seasons of Naperville Sports Weekly by purchasing digital downloads. Go to nctv17.org slash shop to order today. Welcome back to 630 Naperville. Up next, Liz Spencer chats with the man at the helm of District 203, three years after the pandemic so greatly impacted the educational landscape. Thank you for joining us on Naperville Notables. My guest today is Dan Bridges, the superintendent of Naperville District 203. Dan, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Look forward to our conversation. I always look forward to talking with you. And, you know, this is a, a kind of a big marker. It's kind of marks the end of, of COVID and that and COVID-19 and what we have to worry about. And that was really a big for everybody, but it particularly hit the schools. It did. <laughs> Probably in a way we never anticipated. 
Yeah, uh, we look back right now, um, three years ago, almost to the day. Um, we're having a conversation about shutting down for a couple of weeks, ride it through spring, spring break, break, come back, and we'll all be good. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think any of us could have predicted or imagined what we would have gone through, um, not just the school system, but the entire world of what we've gone through over the past several years. But um, yeah, it had a tremendous impact on what we do for sure. Well, and it, you know, it's, I would say positive, your impact both positive and negative. It opened up e-learning yeah. and, and the ability to reach kids differently. Yeah, than... it, it's kind of like armchair quarterbacking, yeah. right? We can look back now, uh, and, I, and I choose to want to focus on the positive. Right. Um, there are some great lessons we learned mm -hmm. over the course of uh, the past three years that will stay with us. Um, the, the conversation about what remote learning looks like mm -hmm. or what e-learning looks like for us um, really took on a whole different tone. We had already started with some uh, online right. classes and blended classes. But I think the thing that I take away as I look back over the past few years, the thing that I'm most impressed with is the resilience, not only of our kids and what they had to go through, where they're at today, but I am really most impressed by the resilience of our educators, mm -hmm. um, the people who work for the school system, just their commitment to kids, uh, how they advocated for kids during the course of the pandemic and how they continue to do so now. Kind of looking back and seeing we've identified you know, all sorts of new needs that our kids really need support with. And for our educators, their level of commitment is just beyond uh, crazy. Um, and I just, I am so grateful because the amount of, of work that they've put in the past few years, um, they're exhausted, but mm -hmm. they still keep going and they still keep advocating for our kids. So I can look back and I can dwell on all the, the challenges and mm -hmm. things, but for me coming out of it, it's, um, we talk about being a really future-driven organization, a future-driven school district. We're celebrating our 50th year this year, but we're focused now on how do we drive forward. Well, and I think that's smart. I mean, take the lessons learned, celebrate 50 years, which is awesome. I mean, that is an amazing milestone. Yeah, it uh, to obviously we've had schools in Naperville beyond that, but it marks the 50th anniversary, both of 203 and 204. And, and um it's just amazing to look back at the things that this district and community have accomplished together. Uh, we're, we're celebrating our partnerships and, and focused on that idea of growth this year. So we talk about our partners in growth and how really it does require our whole community, our students, our staff, our parents, and, and the entire community to really make our school system exemplary. Excellent. So kind of switching gears a little bit, I wonder if you always wanted to be a superintendent. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Yeah, I don't think superintendent ever crossed my mind. Did you even know perfectly that you had honest. one or knew uh, what one was? No, no <laughs> not really. No, uh, I, that's an interesting how that has changed. I feel like my life has been a career exploration in itself. I, I remember one time I wanted to be a, a utility worker who climbed the telephone poles to work on the wires, afraid of heights. I don't know how that would have ever worked out. And then it was a police officer. Then it was a lawyer. And then at one point... Um, I think it kind of just hit me. Uh, athletics, particularly football, has mm -hmm. been an important part of my life. And so I think at some point late in high school, early in college, uh, I really thought to myself, I want to be, be a high school football coach and I want to be an athletic director. I want to really, you know, I benefited so much from our coaches, the people that I worked with. They were such good role models for me that I thought that's the avenue I wanted to go to, which is where I started and then eventually led to where I'm at today. So you did start your career in a, as a coach. Yes, I, uh, I was a junior high school teacher. I taught social studies uh, and coached football and track at the, at the high school in town. So it was, uh, yeah, I kind of, 
I went right to it. That's awesome. So when you think about that and you think about your journey, what might you tell your your younger self, your eight-year-old self, or yeah. your, your junior high age self looking yeah. back now? Uh, I, I think the best piece of advice I would give is you're going to learn a lot of lessons along the way. Uh, but I think, you know, for me, it will, um, I talk to my kids a lot about um, don't settle. Mm -hmm. Work hard, commit to what you really want. Um, because if you're committed to it, you're really passionate, it's going to happen. So don't be so fast. Just choose the shiniest new toy. Be patient and work for what you really want. That's awesome. Well, I think it gives you wonderful perspective in your role that, for, that you bring to, you know, not only, you know, District 203, but to the community. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's something that um, it does influence what I do. Uh, we don't want to make rash decisions. We don't want to make snap judgments. We want to really be thoughtful and we want to make sure we're getting the best. You know, it's not just being first, it's doing what we can to be best. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on being 50 years old for the district. That's an incredible celebration. Yeah, it is a great celebration and uh, we're looking forward to the next 50. That's great. Well, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to stop by and chat with me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Thank you. We'll be right back. That's going to do it for our very first episode. And now you know. On 630 Naperville. Naperville. I'm Nathan Ronchetti. And I'm Paige Ronchetti. See you next time.